in Galatians 2. He said this, I have been crucified with Christ. I was living my life. I had these things. People esteemed me for certain things. I, I was trying to earn my own righteousness, I, you know, all this stuff. But now, I died with Jesus. I died with him. And I no longer live. I'm done being the one in control. But Christ, now he lives in me. He is in me. The life I live in this body, the one that I live now, even though it's a physical body, I live it by faith in the Son of God. I trust him. I believe what he says. And I live this life now with him being the one in charge. His words being over mine. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We are not submitting to a selfish father. He gave his son. What was the dearest thing he could give? He gave his son. Jesus, because of his love for us, submitted to the whole thing. We, we don't serve a selfish father. But he's basically saying, be like me. Be like me. Well, the first, this is how you pray. Worship your father in heaven. Number two, desire his kingdom and will. That's how you pray. Desire his kingdom and will. And then the third one we're going to look at. Ask him to meet your needs today. He doesn't necessarily want us praying for everything that we'll need three or four years from now. It's today. Today. Let's look at this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. I encourage you. Don't. I need daily bread from the Lord. I do. Now I know I'm a pastor, so I should have progressed to where I just need it maybe every other day, every third day maybe. Third day. Actually, I'm ordained, so maybe I could go four or five now. I don't know. Daily bread. The Lord offers daily bread. Daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Your Father cares about your physical needs. He cares about your physical needs. There was a church in Philippi. And, uh, well, Paul went to Philippi. God used him as he spread the gospel. There was a church that got established. Paul kind of paid a price. That's where he was thrown in prison and the earthquake and all that kind of stuff happened. <clears throat> but um, there was this church that was established. Then Paul moved on from there. But this church, they periodically would collect some money amongst themselves and they would send it to Paul so that he could continue to just take the gospel to other places. Paul would work. He was a tent maker by trade and he would work and then he would also preach the gospel. And he wouldn't ask people to support him. But this church, they said, we're going to support you. And so they would send finances. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, he responds to this giving that they have done. And this is what he said. And my God will meet all your needs. You've been thinking about me. And you've been given to help me so I can take the gospel. 
but my God will meet your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. God's bank account is a lot bigger than ours. It's a lot bigger. (laughs) There's something about putting God's kingdom first that opens the door for God's provision on your life. It's a different thought pattern. The world says save. Save, save, save. And God says, no, seek my kingdom first. Pour into my kingdom and then all of your needs will be met. It's a different mentality. But it's an awesome mentality. It's awesome. Let's look at the words of Jesus in uh, Matthew 6, verse 31. So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. They live for those things. That's what they live for. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Food, clothing, shelter, the things that we need. Verse 34, though, you can't skip it. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Because tomorrow is going to be an awesome day. That's what he said, right? No. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. (laughs) Live today. Trust today. Seek him today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Ask him to meet your needs. Jesus said, that's how you pray. Ask your father to meet your needs. But we have more needs than just physical, don't we? There's spiritual needs. There's emotional needs. You know what I'm saying? God cares about every aspect of us. Let me just share a couple other verses here. John 6.35, Jesus, he declared, he proclaimed this. I am the bread of life. Okay, now we think of bread, you know, it sustains our physical body. But Jesus said, no, I'm the bread that's going to sustain your spirit. I'm the bread that's going to sustain you even emotionally. I am the bread. I'm the bread of life who comes, he who comes to me will never go hungry. Are you feeling empty? Jesus said, come to me. You don't have to go through this life hungry, spiritually empty. You don't have to. Emotionally empty. You don't have to. Come to me. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. Come. Coming to Jesus isn't a one-time event. (laughs) Coming to Jesus happens many times a day. (laughs) Okay, It does in my life anyway. (laughs) Many times a day. Of course, he's with us all the time. He said this in Matthew. It's recorded in Matthew 11. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Let me just make this practical. Today, if you just are weary and you're carrying a heavy burden, And I'm not guessing that people are. I know there are people. Okay? I know that. Well, Mike, he's just talking about salvation. No. He's talking about life. It's not just a salvation thing here. 
Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Let me teach you. I am humble and gentle. And you'll find rest for your what? Doesn't get much deeper than that in a person. Rest for your souls. Give us this day our daily bread. Oh, I will. Come to Jesus. He'll, put, he'll give you rest in your soul. Come to him. Lay that burden down. Be yoked to him today. For my yoke fits perfectly. And the burden I give you is light. Ask him to meet your daily needs. Well, the next one. Part of the right way to pray. This is how you pray. Deals with being forgiving and receiving forgiveness. Now, if I had written this, and you can be very thankful that I didn't, but if I had written this, I would have said receiving forgiveness and then being forgiven. But that's not what the verse is going to tell us here and some others that we look at. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Father, this is Jesus taught us to pray. Father, forgive me the very same way I forgive others. That's the prayer. Father, the way you see me forgiving other people, that's how I want you to forgive me. That'll put a smile on your face when you think about that one. (laughs) Debtors. Let's look at that word debtors there. It's translated sinners in other another place. Let me just read the word study, what it said here. Debtors, I won't try to give you the Greek pronunciation, but it says, a debtor, one who owes a moral obligation, an offender, a delinquent, a moral transgressor. The debt concept comes from this sequence. We are morally bound to live a life free from violation of God's commandments, obeying him. Failing in performance, we become delinquent transgressors and debtors to God's divine justice. We owe him. (laughs) Forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins. As we've forgiven our debtors, those who've sinned against us. Um, We can't... Well, this is another thing, and and I, I know it can be a little shaky to think about, but yet when we get it in the right order... It's really, really good. We need to understand that our relationship with other people affects our relationship with God. We can't totally separate the two. I've got a great relationship with God. You know, people, people, they can just stay over there. But I've got a great relationship with God. No, no. How we relate to others will affect your relationship with your heavenly father 
That's why in more than one place we are instructed, you've got to keep forgiving. You can't let stuff settle in. You can't let unforgiveness settle in you. You can't let bitterness settle in. You can't let that stuff get in you because it will directly affect your relationship with your father. We're kidding ourselves if we think it doesn't. Let's just look at Jesus' words. In Matthew 6, but a little bit past the prayer that he was teaching us. In verse 14. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now, if Jesus would have stopped there, it would have made it easier for all of us. But he goes another line. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. Mike, are you sure that verse is supposed to be in the Bible? I just got to assume it's supposed to be there. Okay, I don't want to start picking and choosing verses. People, we can't pick and choose verses. I like this verse. That verse is for that person. But I like these verses. We got to take them all. Because that's how we're made whole. You take all the verses, you're made whole. You take some of the verses, you can't be made whole. God's word instructs, teaches, heals. Have I camped on that one long enough? (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. That's not fair. It's not fair. That person did this to me. It's not fair. True. It's not fair. But how fair was it that we did all the junk we did and Jesus has to die for it? How fair was that? I don't think we want to start going with the fair thing. (laughs) Okay. I want to embrace mercy and grace. That's what I need for my father. I don't want fair. I want mercy and grace. But he says, I want you to sow it too. You want mercy and grace? Sow it. You will reap whatever you sow. That's a principle in scripture. But it hurts. Yeah, but it's a good hurt. Because it leads to life. Jesus' ways, first they take you through death, but they lead to life. Dying to yourself, dying to your rights, dying to your, I'm not going to forgive that person, I'm done forgiving them. And Jesus said, no you're not. It leads to life. Okay. Um, Jesus, I mean he's like the ultimate example in everything. Let's just look at one more verse here. Luke 23 when they came to the place called the skull, we're talking about when Jesus was brought to Golgotha, the place of the skull, to be crucified. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him, Jesus, along with the criminals, two others that were brought with him. One on his right. No, one on his right. (laughs) One on his left. (laughs) Jesus said, so he's crucified, nailed to a cross, brought up. And Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. Church, we need to forgive. 
Sometimes people know what they're doing and sometimes they don't know what they're doing. So we need to forgive. Jesus, how do we pray? Well, worship your Father in heaven. Desire his kingdom and will. Ask him to meet all of your needs. All of your needs. Then give and receive forgiveness. And the last one. Ask for help to overcome temptation. Sometimes we think, bless God, I'm going to overcome. I'm going to show God how much I love him. No, I I would highly encourage you to ask him to help you (laughs) overcome temptation. Include him in this process. Don't try to do it for him. How many of you have tried? How many of you have failed? Ask him to help you overcome temptation. He knows what you're doing. He knows what you're doing. He will help you overcome. Let's look at this last one. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We can pray that. Father, help me to stay away from temptation today. You know, I encourage praying at the beginning of the day because there's a difference in my prayer. If I pray at the beginning of the day, then it's like there's strength there. If I pray at the end of the day, which is okay, you can pray at the end of the day, but my prayers turn out to be more like, God, I'm sorry I did that. God, I'm sorry I said that. You know, it's just better for me to start at the beginning of the day. Lord, today, help me to stay away from temptation. Well, I'm kind of scared to pray that prayer because sometimes I go and do it anyway and pray it. Help me today to stay away from temptation. And Lord, deliver me from the evil one. Now, it's not like Satan is over us. You know, greater is he who is in us than he who is in this world. Okay? But we need to remember who's in us through the day. We, we need to remember who's walking with us and strengthening us through the day. <clears throat> okay. Let's just look at some other verses here that talk about praying. Matthew 26. Jesus was speaking to his disciples. This actually happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. When Jesus knew they would be coming for him, he asked his disciples to pray with him. And what did they do? Fell asleep, like some of you have done this morning. I've seen some of you nodding off. And it was... No, I'm not going (laughs) to... Last week, you guys almost all looked like you were falling asleep last week. I, you know, I looked spiritual and mature and everything up here, but I was thinking... What's with everybody? Am I that boring? And then, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I was kind of fishing for that, so I'm glad, to, glad you did it. It was the earthquake. You guys were up, and, you know, the earthquake hit. And you all came, and you, just, you finally sat down, and you were just like, ah. But that was last week. You don't have that excuse this week, okay? All right? No excuse. 
Well, they fell asleep. But these were Jesus' words. Look at them. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Watch and pray. Jesus, how do we pray? Well, pray this. Pray that you won't fall into temptation. Some of us have preconceived ideas that we're going to do something we know the Lord doesn't want us to do, so we don't want to pray, Lord, help me, to not fall into temptation. It's kind of our way of avoiding it. But Jesus said, no, face it. Every day, face it. Lord, today, help me to stay away from temptation. Deliver me. from. It's his way of making us face the struggle that's in us every day. Because he cares. We have a good father. He cares. 1 Corinthians 10. The church in Corinth had a, had a reputation of being extremely mature. Is that correct? <laughs> the church in Corinth is a church I would never want to pastor. <laughs> I wouldn't want to. I mean, they were suing one another. They were getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. They, I mean, the list goes on. I follow Pastor Zach. I follow Pastor Mike. I follow Jesus. I mean, it was, it was crazy. But this is, this is what he says to the church in Corinth. Paul's writing, but it's the Lord's words. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Listen, the devil tries to tell us, you're the exception. You're tempted more than anybody else. No. 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 You're not the special one. We all get tempted. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. God is faithful. Look at this. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He really won't let you get in a place where you just have no choice except to fail. Let me just say this. If you do fail, receive his forgiveness, get up, and believe him again. All right? Get up and believe him again. Receive forgiveness. Receive mercy. And walk with him again. And God is faithful. He won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. God will help you. That's what Jesus' prayer was. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Father, help us. Help us in this area. Let me just finish with this verse. I really like this verse. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18. Since he, Jesus, himself, has gone through suffering and temptation, he knows what it's like. He was tempted as we. He's able to help us when we're being tempted. He's gone through it, didn't fall, but he understands, and he will help us. He will help us. So, now we go to the anointed outline. (laughs) This, then, is how you should pray. This is how you should pray. Worship your Father in heaven. Worship Him. Desire His kingdom and will. Father, your kingdom come today. Your will be done today. On earth, just as it is in heaven. Ask him to meet your needs today. Lord, today, be my security. 
feeling kind of insecure. Lord, you're my security today. Lord, bills are coming due. Help me. I'm faithful with finances. I give. I follow you. Lord, help me. Or you could pray, if you really haven't been faithful with finances, ask God to help you start being faithful with finances, okay? The Lord wants to bless. But he has principles. If you don't if you don't sow into his kingdom, you know, there's not an obligation for him to sow into you. <laughs> you know? So ask him to meet your needs today. Give and receive forgiveness today. If you have come and you have unforgiveness towards anybody today, it is affecting your relationship with your father. I don't care what the devil's telling you. I don't care what you're telling you. I just know what God's word tells me. It is affecting your relationship with your heavenly father. You need to get it cleared up. Well, I don't think I can clear that situation up. Maybe not, but you can forgive. You can forgive. Well, I've done that, but I still feel the same. Well, don't go by your feelings. Just keep forgiving Give and receive forgiveness and ask for help to overcome temptation. God is our Father. I'm going to ask the worship team to come at this time. And uh, I haven't done too bad time-wise. What we're going to do... is give you an opportunity, if the Lord has spoken to your heart about anything that was, you know, 